All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to SpinCast. My name is Kyle Taylor, and I have Gigabyte with me. He's an excellent caster and production manager for Rocket League and a host of other things. So we'll get right into it. I'm gonna let you go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell you, tell everybody about yourself, how you took, you know, your passion in gaming and morphed it into a professional career, and all every all those steps in between. Well, hello everybody. My name is Kigabyte. As uh, as Kyle just so uh, eloquently put it, I have been involved in the esports scene for a long, long time. I am currently a uh, professional caster and production manager for Rocket League, but uh, in addition to a whole bunch of other esports that I currently dabble in. Um, I got my start in uh, casting and production specifically uh, five years ago when I became a caster and head of production for the Collegiate Battlegrounds Association. So the the collegiate sphere is where I got my start. And as such, I am kind of in a unique place from a production perspective because Collegiate is kind of an awkward ground uh, for uh, for where for where you want to be in esports. It's not at the younger level, but it's not at the like pro level either. So it, there's there's a lot of like variation uh, at, as to where that is. We'll get into that later, I'm sure, because there's there's going to be a bunch of things that are unique about that that give my situation uh, a bit a bit more um, weight to it simply because of the challenges that I've had to deal with coming from that background. But as for my start in esports in general, I started playing e I started playing various esports when I was uh, I think 9 actually uh, back in like back in 2003 to 2005 area. Uh, I started out actually running time trials uh, on Mario Kart DS and I got very good at it so I eventually started playing in tournaments and then my love of very my love of esports just kind of sprung from there and I started finding more serious games to get into and now here we are today. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think everyone once you hit that one game, you might have been Mario Kart DS and it just sparks it and you just get that feeling like I want to be better than everybody else. Um and you use that passion and drive to get you that next level and keep climbing from there. Uh, so I know you talked about your production and you produ produced events and casted for events in a number of different spheres, right? Collegiately, professionally, um, in a multiple different formats. So take us through that production perspective. Take us through some of those challenges you came across in different spheres of esports, because there are very unique spheres, whether you're, you know, you're trying to cast or produce for a high school event or a collegiate event or for a professional, this is the top of this game, or somewhere maybe like the tier two of that particular game. So take us through what goes through your head when you're designing and developing these tournaments and events. Well, first of all, a distinction to be made there is that those spheres are unfortunately in the current esports climate they're almost entirely separate they shouldn't be they should be overlapping in the middle they should have we should have venn diagrams of spheres where you know uh high schoolers are more consistently playing with pros pros back and forth similarly to how most major uh north american sports are currently implemented where you start out at you know middle school high school uh pros uh, um college pros uh and and how it works from there. Unfortunately, they're all mostly separated because quite frankly, with esports, a lot of the time, uh, the most skilled players are coming from like that 16 to 18 range uh, of like age range. So a lot of our high schoolers uh, who are already fantastic at esports are already playing in that pro sphere and in that pro spectrum. So um, it's, it's it's rather difficult to actually get an overlap with them when you know you have it's like well i can already play here why shouldn't i just go play at the pros but there are unique challenges to each one of them not just in terms of production but in terms of uh 
players and how to manage them. Um, so at the high school level, you know, it, the players are the key, right? At, at that point, they're kids. They're in high school. They're trying to finish their diploma. They're trying to maintain a, they're trying to maintain and learn a healthy work and life balance. And that is something that at that point can be very, very challenging for uh, youth who are currently trying to get into the esports realm. It was challenging for me when I was that age too. I had some problems occasionally, but it's important at the high school level that the parents be involved at every single stage of the uh, development of their young student athlete. And that's exactly what esports athletes are. They are student athletes. Don't don't take it any less seriously than you would football. The same yep. amount of hours of practice are put into it. The same amount of time and effort and dedication is put into it from all of the student athletes who play at the high school and collegiate levels. It's just that you don't see it as much because they're not outside playing, you know, throwing football around. They're inside whipping a controller around. Exactly. So it's it, and and you may consider that as lazy, but quite frankly, they're expending so much mental effort. They're they're probably more tired than your average football player when they come back. But the the production range follows similar issues uh, from from the high school front. Uh, you have to be um, considerate to the players that that you're dealing with. So you have to schedule events to only run a certain amount of time. You can't have them be too long. Um, and sometimes that means making sacrifices in overall production quality, but at that level, the players absolutely come first. Yep, collegiate, 100%. yeah, collegiate is actually where I'd say that production uh, has the most capability for freedom. But there's a problem with that. A lot of companies and a lot of uh, organizations don't want to support the collegiate space because that's not where the money is. But so. It's a weird area where there's so much room for production freedom. There's so much room for sponsorships. There's so much room. It's like these players, you know, they're in college. College, you know, it's it's a place for learning, yes, but it's also a place where people discover themselves, where they can have a, a little bit more fun, a little bit more freedom. And quite frankly, a lot of colleges, a lot of college kids don't get a lot of sleep anyway. So most of the time, they're up practicing their desired esport. I'm not saying that's correct of them. They still have to try and focus on a healthy work life schedule. But at the same time, there's a lot more freedom uh, for the collegiate space. Um, and it's unfortunate that we don't have the resources in the collegiate space now where we need them to get these revolutions in production going for esports because esports overall has a problem with production right now. We just don't have the resources we need. We don't have the backing, the support. Exactly. Uh, so, and I think you brought up a lot of good points right there. And just going back a few, and I want to highlight a few of them because I think they're really important. They're really important. What we're doing um, here is Stay Plugged In as well is first the parental approval, right? I think when you're inside that in circle of esports, it's fantastic, right? When you're in that gaming community, but a lot of times that community shuns the outsiders, right? They might help mm -hmm. teach new players, but like you said like the pros, that's their own community. Well, the high school players that are almost just as good, well, that's their own community as well. And it's hard for them to get the exposure um, and on top of it. The parental approval is like, why aren't you going outside? It's a beautiful day outside. You know, go play basketball, go play baseball. It's like, well, no, my passion's in esports, right? Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing more beautiful when a parent fully backs their child in Absolutely. their passions, right? And Absolutely. I think it's not the parent's fault. I think it's just esports is so new and so different than or at at face value, right? I think esports is a lot of very similar um, mm -hmm. aspects as traditional sports, but it's so different at like face value that sometimes it's hard for people that just don't know anything about it to buy into it, so to say. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think, you know, hopefully we can take steps to change those parental approval and, you know, expand communities and oh, yeah. find where that support system, you know, maybe either even develop and explore where those support systems can come from yeah. to help and, bolster the entire community as a whole. Yeah. And, and there are absolutely steps that can be made there, um, outreaches, but we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the, the last thing to wrap up uh, your, your previous question, um, as as for production in a, in a professional sphere, that's where everything is top of the line. Everything has to be bam, 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 right down the line. It has to be smooth. All of your transitions have to be perfect. Uh, and you have to keep the players in mind because these are professionals at this point. They know what they want. They don't want to be waiting around for a super long time, you know, for, for your match to start. They want to be, you know, get in the game, get going right now, no lapse in time. So it's really hard to balance that production value uh, with what the pros want. But unfortunately, sometimes sacrifices do have to be made both ways. Yep. And um, in, in the professional sphere, players understand that and are willing to make those sacrifices. It's like, okay, maybe we have to wait five minutes for our match to start, whatever, that's fine. Uh, because it's a good production sphere and and the pros genuinely like it especially getting just below the pro level to that semi-professional level with the people who are like really 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 good and hoping to go pro soon mm-hmm. um those people are even more willing to work with you on that because the fact that they want that exposure they want to they want to have uh organizations look at them and say i like you i want to pick you up and then they have something to work with that has good production quality and a fantastic play experience to it as well Exactly. And I think it's a win-win right there with the play experience and the production value, because especially these players, they need a resume basically. And there's no, you know, your resume in esports isn't a sheet of paper, especially as a player, it's montages, it's clips, it's YouTube videos, it's a Twitter page with full of content of you playing. And if you have a professional production behind that, where you can go and play consistently and have that support system that we were talking about, it just improves everything at that first glance, which is huge for the players to, you know, go and get, that next level of going semi-pro to pro or even maybe high school to get a college scholarship playing for a team in the college sphere in the collegiate sphere um mm-hmm. and you know pursuing your interests and passions there and actually uh, you guys that stay plugged in are also in a very uniquely um beneficial situation your your primary focus is an esport that is just wide open right now mm-hmm. where it's like you know a you can play in two to three matches or two to three tournaments a day if you if you find the right ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, our uh, Rocket League is a, is a very easy game to pick up, put down, pick up, put down. Especially mm-hmm. if you're a high schooler living at home or a collegiate player who needs to get work done at the same time. So Rocket League is in a very unique space to to fulfill all of the requirements for production. Yeah, and I think that even touches on the stuff that we've been talking about uh, just now with the parental approval and the communities that we're trying to expand. Rocket League is a game that's very easy to watch, right? 3v3, 2v2, 1v1, but it's basically cars or like you're playing soccer with cars, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's the core of the game. And soccer is something that's very, like, it's the biggest sport in the entire world. So it's very easy to recognize and and understand. But there's so many other esports that is so hard to pick up. Look at Rainbow Six Siege, Mm -hmm. CSGO, Overwatch, League of Legends. Like, I've played esports my whole life, and I've never played League, and I still have no idea what's going on with League. I can kind of yeah. follow it, but it's so hard to, I like, played, you know, I played down. some MOBAs, but yeah. I've never really played League seriously, exactly. so I can still at least follow it. But mm-hmm. uh, Rocket League is very uniquely positioned in in that front, especially. It's the best esport in the world for two big reasons, three big reasons. One, it is the most exciting esport. 
period, end of story. It's just five minutes of nonstop straight action. And um, for parents who might be interested in seeing what the pinnacle of Rocket League can look like, I encourage you go look up on YouTube and, and look up Rocket League World Championships Season 8 Grand Final. You will be blown away at the level of competition and production that they have uh, at RLCS. But um, the second thing is it's a game that literally anybody can understand. It is, it is the simplest mm-hmm. concept in the world. You have a ball and two goals. Get it mm-hmm. into your school. Mm-hmm. Soccer. Uh, and and then that that allows for the third thing, which is that it is capable to be watched by anybody. Mm-hmm. Anybody can can like walk into like okay maybe a little bit later on in life, but they can walk into a bar like a sports bar mm-hmm. and turn this on the TV at like Buffalo Wild Wings or something, and they know what's going on instantly. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, you know, something that why we do so much of Rocket League here at Say Plug Dance, because for students and parents, it's so easy to pick up and take off from there. Um, but I think the other games, you know, the big games, the tier one esports that have been for a while, around for a while as well, I think they're actively trying to bridge that gap, right? Close that gap, gap down to make it easier for everyone to buy in. Because ultimately, you know, Rocket League's fantastic, and like I said, it is one of the best, if not the best, there's an argument there, 100%, for it to be the best esport in the world um, from all aspects, uh, but at the same time, there's still so many other games, and that's another beautiful thing about esports, is that you have a great, you know, you have a, you have a hard decision to make of which one you want to play and become the best at, but it's also good that you have so many options. Mm-hmm. Um and I think as these support systems start to, you know, develop more at the younger ages, you'll see even more emphasis on, okay, how do we explain League of Legends or CSGO to someone that's never seen a game like this before? And that um, is very difficult. Yeah, that, that in itself <laughs> is a task that is going to take years to figure out. Um, but yeah, going off that, uh, let's start, let's go back. You said you played competitively before. Um, what are some of those skills that you developed or you think you developed uh, playing competitive esports, and how do you use those today in your profession? Like, how does all of those skills translate into, you know, becoming something that's very uh, viable in the workforce today, so to say? Well, it's it's not optional at all. You have to play professional esports or at least competitive esports in some manner before you can really understand uh, how it works with team dynamics and stuff like that to really understand how the game works inside and out uh, to be able to cast it and produce it effectively you have to do that there that is not optional because so let's let's keep using my primary esport rocket league for example and and i'll touch on uh battle royale scene in a second because it used to be again the collegiate battlegrounds association uh head of production but with rocket league um if you don't know what a flip reset is or how it's done or how players do it uh then then you're not gonna have any clue what happens when you see someone do it if you don't know how a team is supposed to defend against one you're not gonna know you know exactly what's going on if you don't know what a rotation is in rocket league then you're not going to have any clue how to talk about the strategy of the game which is very very deep by the way Mm -hmm. um and and all of those things kind of coupled together to be absolutely critical skills that you need to be able to cast a game effectively so it's not so much an optional thing uh for playing a game to cast it you have to play a game to cast it you have to have played a game I mean, sure, you can you can watch a couple of videos of a game to be able to, and then be like, oh, I, I get the gist of what's going on. Yeah, we'll talk about it. But at the same time, that's going to stand out to anybody who has ever watched any amount of that game ever mm-hmm. or played it or anything like that. 
it is going to be very obvious. And for Battle Royales, which is another one of my specialties, and other games, it is actually even more so the case. Um, with, with Battle Royales, again, my history comes from uh, PUBG, Rocket League, uh, and first-person shooters. Um, but with Battle Royales, it's even more so the case because those games get so complex and there are so many factors to consider all at the same time about where a team's going to move on the map to obtain a strategic position. It's, it's almost like um, a military conflict multiple ways in, in, like, in motion in front of you. And honestly, brushing up on military history is not a terrible idea when you're looking at battle royale. Yeah. I, I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, small team tactics. What goes on? Exactly. I'm, I'm also, I'm also a veteran, so yeah. I have some, I have some frame of reference for that already. Uh, but it, it is absolutely critical for you to go in and play these games, and learn them and thoroughly understand them mm-hmm. before you can actually talk about them in a professional sense. Yeah, and I think that statement right there encapsulates the importance of playing the games the right way and correctly, right? You said, like, you need to learn them thoroughly, right? You don't do that by just picking up a controller and be like, okay, I'm going to play today and just keep going, right? You have Mm -hmm. to strive to become better, strive to learn strategies, tactics, like you said, outside of the game tactics. Think outside the box from a military background. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many facets of it to become better. And I think you see that in traditional sports a lot today. You see so much emphasis on what can you do outside the the playing field to make yourself better on the playing field. And I think that doesn't get near as much attention in esports. A lot of it is because it's so new and no one really knows how to translate some of those skills over. But, you know, as time goes on, as people like us having these conversations, you know, coming out, you know, the work comes to fruition, it's going to improve on itself. Uh, but I think it's very important to highlight those aspects of learning the game the right way thoroughly, um, but making sure that it's quality over quantity. Um, Because ultimately, that's what's going to make you a better player and then provide these skills and becoming a caster, becoming a production expert, production Mm -hmm. manager, and everything in between there. Once you've reached that level, you can't stop. Exactly. You have to keep going. You have Mm -hmm. to keep learning the new strategies. You have to keep Mm -hmm. learning uh, the meta, as we call it. For any parents who might be watching this, the meta is uh, the meta game, as in, like, what does your typical game, like, one single game, Mm -hmm. uh, look like? right now exactly in, like, that changes from beginning to end and that and that that, yep. that changes radically yep. uh in some games slowly in others but radically in, in a lot of games exactly and especially in those games that have you know like mobas or a game like rainbow six siege with defined characters that you know you have a choice going into each round um once those characters get changed by the balancing team at these gaming companies then everything changes like that and being in tune with the meta and staying up to date is just as important in traditional sports i think Mm -hmm. it's a little bit slower like right now we're seeing a shift in the nfl and in soccer um but it's a shift but in esports it is a change it is you wake up one day and Mm -hmm. the change is oh my god they made this you know x y and z change Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you gotta go back and look at everything again and typically metas change in professional sports with mm-hmm. with with like rules changes. Mm-hmm. But rules changes in esports are very, very, very uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, very rare uh, for them to change the actual core components of a game uh, to be able to to be able to 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 make adjustments. Like League of Legends, the 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 core rules of the game and the map itself even haven't changed since it was first implemented as a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so how they do it is uh, the way I like to describe to people is imagine having a bunch of NFL players, right? 
like 40 ish NFL players. Well, that's it. That's not even enough to fill up two full teams at, at the NFL <laughs> level. Let's just say 60 NFL players. Right. Yep. And they all have different stats. Right. But you have people who can like retune these NFL players at will to have different stats. Mm-hmm. So you're going to go find the ones that are the best to play on, on, on each individual team. And you're going to try and pick the ones uh, in, in a draft format exactly. that, that you would want on your team. That's how MOBAs work. Mm-hmm. That's 100%. how MOBAs work. Yep. Imagine if, you know, one day you could wake up and make Tom Brady, you know, six foot eight with the arms the size of, you know, boulders, and you can just plow through people, and all of a sudden his game just changes from being a pure pocket then he passer. Could, then he could to... deflate the ball even easier. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just squeeze it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, just I think that's a good perspective right there is that, like, at a moment's notice, you can change the literal physical nature of any kind of these characters or heroes in multiple different games, which you don't see in traditional sports. And that's another educational component of, okay, how do we teach people outside of the community? What, it, why these games are so complex and why it takes so much mental effort and time to learn these games at a really high level. Mm. So I think we got time for one more question and everything we talked about, um, you know, we talk about like, okay, where's the holes? What could we improve on to make esports better as an industry and the production quality and the better for the players ultimately, right? Which is that's our number one concern here at Nate, I'd say plugged in is what can we do to help the players in anything esports related and outside of esports as well? How can we make them better people? So if you could go back to your high school self, what would you give advice to yourself in, um, and ultimately any high school student as well in striving to that next level you know how do you improve how would you maybe have changed something or done something a little bit more to put yourself in a better position for the future uh to put myself in a better position for the future honestly get get a better get a better work-life balance and parents can be can be very very helpful uh in that manner and uh in fact they're absolutely critical because let's face it high schoolers are high schoolers they're not Mm -hmm. going to to you know know how just how to do that like Uh off the top of the head they're not going to be like oh hey i should do this 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 time this this time practice at this time Uh this time go to bed at this time they're not going to just know how to do that but at the same time parents can't just order them around they can't just say stop playing games no Uh you have to actually make it so that you're teaching your your student athlete your young student athlete how to better manage his time. Mm-hmm. And um, that is probably the number one thing I'd go back with myself and actually uh, tell my father to do, uh, single dad, um, uh, because he, he, had, he had no idea what to do when, mm-hmm. I, when I first started getting into esports. And this was back in like 2011, 2012. Yeah. Back, back when the esports scene was even younger mm-hmm. than it is now, and no one had any clue what to do with this new rising exactly. thing. The League of Legends uh, World Championship, it just hit like a million views that year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, no one had any clue what to do with this. And, and all of a sudden, these, these, these esports athletes were no longer becoming – they were no longer what the stereotype of them was. They were fit. They were healthy. They weren't some middle-aged loner living in his mom's basement anymore. Mm-hmm. They were actual trained – esports professionals Mm -hmm. with a healthy work-life balance and who were top of their game and knew how to maintain that balance Mm -hmm. so it's important for parents to impress upon their children how to maintain that balance so that way they're more successful in the future 
Exactly. And I think that's a great point. And like, it really is the industry so new and no one knows what to do with esports. that, you know, it isn't necessarily like just lack of responsibility on a parental side or on a guidance standpoint. It's just, no one knows what to do, but you know, ultimately the best advice, take the time, you know, help that work life balance. Cause I think sometimes people look at gaming as gaming as just a, you know, Oh, I'm going to sit back and chill. Um, like, well, no, if you're, if some, if you're really, the passion is really to go to that next level and be a pro or be a really competitive player. Well, that's work, right? So you mm -hmm. still need a work and a life and you have to make sure that balance is there all encompassing. You're still sleeping right. You're still eating right. You're still making sure you're physically active, physically healthy and mentally healthy. There's a gaming takes a large toll on your brain and everything encompassing that and the stress mm -hmm. related with it that you have to make sure you sit back and evaluate that you're balancing everything appropriately and you're looking at gaming as work especially if you're doing it in a highly competitive sense absolutely um, and before we wrap up i'd actually like to give a message directly to parents who might be looking at this if your kid is looking at, at playing esports competitively and they are very passionate about this Treat it just the same way as you would any child who is looking at playing football competitively and passionately in high school or any other sport for that matter. Mm -hmm. It takes the exact same amount of effort and the exact same amount of time. And I promise you, if you learn about these games that they're playing, if you learn about them, you'll find that there are rewarding things in there, that there, that there is a lot that they can learn and you can learn from understanding these games mm -hmm. learn what they're doing talk to them about it and then once they tell you i want to do this in a more serious manner do everything you can to support them exactly but support doesn't necessarily mean just go do it like okay have free reign it means impress upon them that there has to be a healthy work-life balance with as is with any profession at all Exactly. And I think, you know, ultimately that balance in all aspects of a, especially a young gamer's life will help them develop skills, you know, maybe to that pro level, maybe to, you know, being a production manager or a podcast host, right? There's so many avenues in esports right now and in, in the sphere very close to it, tech, right? Technology obviously drives esports. You need a computer, you need an Xbox, right? Um, and there's so many opportunities there that if you develop these passions now and support them, and someone else and their passions, it's only going to lead to positive benefits later in life. And they're ultimately going to be successful. Um, but that's all the time we have today. Thank you everyone for joining us again. There's much more, all the topics today that we covered are highlighted in depth um, in a variety of other uh, podcasts and series that we're also uh, developing here at Stay Plugged In. Kigabyte, go ahead, plug yourself. Any concluding remarks? uh honestly you can find you can find me on twitter at kigabyte find me on twitch at kigabyte um i am with the stay plugged in crew frequently i am one of their production advisors right now so you can find me on the stay plugged in discord which i'm sure you will have with this podcast when it goes up oh yeah uh i uh you can find me over at world of rockets as well i do a lot with them united rogue mle i am basically a large mainstay in the rocket league community as a community caster uh so you can find me any number of places 
uh, yeah, that's all about I have to, to plug for myself. I don't like talking about myself too much. <laughs> hey, you deserve the credit. Trust me. There's a reason that you help us so much and we appreciate it because you are that good. So go check out. You ever want casting advice? Look at him. He's fantastic. Um, obviously, stay plugged in to everything. Stay plugged in. Um, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming out and we're always going to keep talking. And ultimately, we're here to better the player in all aspects. So if anybody ever has a question, reach out to us. Social media will be linked below. Um, just take the time. We'll take the, bat, take the time as well and reciprocate that. But thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic time. Stay happy, stay healthy, and stay positive.